0: Hello, my name is Walter Erschmidt. You are on the Walter Schmidt Show today again. Hello, how are you? And today is, it's not just a day, it's something special. I have a special guest here, another one. As you know, there is so many, but this time it is also about yachting. And it's not about a builder, yacht builder. It's not about a yacht broker. It is about a great personality, name. Pipa Nicolas, I don't know how many of you know someone with those great names, you won't forget that name, however, I'm really honoured to have you on my show today because we will dig it deeper into a topic that is not very broad known typically. Now, hi, Pipa, how are you? Hey, I'm doing really well. Thank you very much for having me on your show.
1: I'm uh, very privileged. (laughs)
0: I'm privileged too, but you know what? I don't want to talk about too much about you because I'll let you talk. Now, tell us a little bit about you, where you came from originally, where did you went, and what are you doing besides yachting stuff or within the yachting stuff? Because it's something a little bit different than typically people expect.
2: Sure. So, um, yeah, I... have This is my 50th year in the maritime industry. I went to sea when I was 14 years old. Um, Born in the UK, brought up in in my early years in the UK. I went to a naval college, went off to sea, moved to Australia, spent 22 years in Australia. Now I live in the US. Um, As I say, 50 years in the maritime industry, Uh, came ashore finally in uh, 2000. Four and we set up the this business that, that I run today. It's called Yacht Projects International. And, um, yeah, it's been an exciting 18, 19 years running this. I run it with my wife, and um, we have people based in the UK and Spain. Mm-hmm. And as a company, we're very diverse. We, we do communication systems and uh Toilets and water makers and anti foul systems for commercial and yacht, commercial ships and yachts all over the world. Travel an awful lot, deal with shipyards, individuals, um, management companies, that sort of thing. I also do a, a show on, yacht, on on the Yacht Radio. Dave and I do a, a, a joint show every couple of weeks um, called Walking the Plank where we uh, discuss various topics, some of them that we know a lot about and some that we know nothing about, but it's all a bit of fun and uh, it, uh, it, it lends, uh, lends a bit of uh, cruelty to this time that we have in COVID. Mm. Anyway, how are you doing there? Where,
0: where are you based? I don't know where you're based. You're, you're in Europe somewhere. Well, first of all, I'm doing great. Thank you very much. And I'm in Switzerland, so it's absolutely not a country for typically yachting people. So it's a little bit strange for some listeners. But Nina, nevertheless, though, I wrote the book Super Yacht Sales, which has to do with communication. And by the way, communication fits a little bit technically wise in your business, as you have to do with communications a lot. And that's what it is right now here. But now I have a question to you because, you know, you are so, for such a long time in this business, you are almost, well, well there is a saying, but I don't say that now, like dinosaurs, you know. <laughs> but oh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> those who are 50 years plus are to me dinosaurs because they know much more. Also about the whole industry, how the development can cross and I don't, I don't know if you have really started with what you're doing now with the communications. And I think a lot of people are curious about how did you achieve these great successes, this stability with your business and doing so many things. I mean, how can you, how, how did you start it with that? So when I first went to sea, I originally wanted to
2: go to sea as a radio officer. Now, back in the days, commercial shipping, um, was a little bit different to what it is today. So uh, back in the day, when um, the the shipping company didn't actually own the radio equipment on board the ship, the, they, it was a, a service that they leased in from a company called Marconi. Um, and Marconi then provided the operators to um, to, to give the service to. to to both the ship and to the port agents and everything else and uh they were called marconi men and um radio operators and uh, of course i the the school i went to the naval college i went to uh, we had an option there to uh we we did our normal education you know our schooling education and uh, we as part of that training we, we We trained in in communications in Semaphore and (laughs) if our listeners know what that is, Uh, Morse code, which I'm sure we've all heard about, Um, and that, you know, that was the basics of it and flag signals and things like that. Now, you know, it is 50 years ago, but in essence, 50 years ago, that was very much the method of communication uh, along with HF radio um, and... um, so that was my, that was my plan. My father was a, a captain and, um, and, uh, so ultimately he was not very happy with me doing, um, uh, being a radio operator. So I, I got talked into going to sea on deck and I, happy enough to do so. And I, you know, I, I went to sea as a cadet. I was in the, the British, um, Royal Navy as a reserve officer. I went, I went to sea as a, a, a cadet and, um, so the industry at that point in time, the British industry, was in decline, and so the jobs were few and far between. So on deck, the promotional side of it just sort of retreated. There wasn't there wasn't the ability to go up the ladder very very quickly, mm. and so uh, to cut a very long story short, I ended up uh, brief. Briefly in the in the Merch, in the Royal Navy for the Falklands campaign, and then came back to the Merchant Navy and went back into the engineering department because, in essence, you could climb the ladder quicker uh, in the engineering department. I'd always been interested in motorbikes and cars and and the mechanics of how things work. So uh, it was a, you know the, my mind works that way. So it was quite easy to to transfer into that. My sea time luckily was able to be carried over. And, you know, by by carrying through the the courses that I needed to carry through, um, I was able to climb the ladder quite quickly on that uh, uh, as an engineer. Um, I got involved in communications, I, the, the communications that we know today uh, at the end of the last century. That sounds great. I love using that. That's, uh, that so,
1: um,
2: yeah. So uh, leading up to... Um, leading up to the uh, 2000 uh, and I got involved with um, not just the HF side of it and the VHF side of it, but um, the, the first satellite style communications that were becoming commercially viable, you know, Fleet 55 Fleet 33, Fleet 77, those sort of uh, early um, early satellite communications, uh, tri-axis tri- stabilized situations. And, um, and then when I came ashore, I, I, the original part of the business was aimed at project management. So looking after uh, owners' wishes, uh, the owner's interests when uh, yachts went into the yards. I was involved with a boat called Census for a very long time. And um, we looked after all of the interests of that boat, which allowed me also then to build a business on the side. and 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 the communication side of it had always been of an interest and so that sort of grew and grew and grew um project management was great we were making really good money some years and then you know the, the in between years were a bit light so the communication side of it came in to flatten off the curve of income versus outgoings and things and it. And you know mm-hmm. hold a steady income all the way through um but having said that to the diversity of where we went with under toilet systems um you know I as an engineer I was involved with headunter in the yachts that I worked on and um uh, struck up a good friendship with a couple of the guys in the office and we became the european uh point of distribution for parts and service um and you know we do some sales of of their systems and their systems are very competitive um High quality, small footprint, um, hit the bill uh, for the, you know the, the needs of yachts today uh, really well. Uh, comply with the highest level of IMO compliance, and they they they've always got the finger on the pulse there. So, you know, the toilet system side of the business grew, um, and as as those two staples have have progressed um, along. Uh, other people have come to us with products and asked us to help them support them. So we're now the uh, agents in Europe, uh, one of the agents in Europe for FCI watermakers. And more recently, uh, we've taken on um, a role with um, UltraGuard, ultrasonic uh, anti fouling systems, which uh, are, is currently taking up a lot of my time. The communication side of the business is, is still paramount. Um, I said that we are always, again, finger on the pulse, looking for new technology, uh, looking to, to be part of the beta testing programs for a, a lot of the, pro- the, the systems that are out at the moment. We did a lot of beta testing for the service the project. When that came from uh, Iridium, we, did, we had boats out there uh, with their systems on really early on uh, testing them. You know we we promote highly promote in marsat and the gx solution is a great great solution um for a global solution not not perhaps not so much for uh a regional but definitely on a global situation it, it's it's very cost effective and efficient and has built in failovers um and, and and standby's standby systems that work with it uh so we deal, again, with a, 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 a very diverse set of the community. Yachts have a specific um, requirement, shall we say, that they, the owners want their boat to look look right, you know. So sometimes the boat looking right means that the systems are not always placed in the right place on the boat, so we end up with blockages. and And, 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 and then how do we work around that scenario? A long time ago, I, I, I started to understand, and I'm talking 20 years ago, I started to understand that communications, as we know it today, are uh, not like they used to be. Back in the day of the Marconi Man, the signal was sent from land to the boat. He wrote it all down. He then passed the message to the next person, to the next person, as they required, took the answer, did it, long, long, drawn out process um telegrams that sort of stuff on board of course, as as time went on and, and as we turned the century into the into the 2000s you know email came along electronic communication came along uh and and over the last 18 years the growth of all these devices that we have you know the phones and the watches and the, the, the laptops and the ipads and as they grow and grow and everybody's got them so you know it, keep up with how that is dealt with on board the boat has become the major, has become a major issue. So like 17 years ago, 18 years ago, um, I started a development program for a device that um, sits between the communication on the, where the communication lands on the boat and how it then becomes distributed throughout the boat. And of course we all, today we all know that as a firewall or um, in the yachting community, of course, it's, it, there are some uh, hardware solutions out there that yeah. seem to be, uh, you know, very prevalent. So, mm-hmm. um, so our, our solution for that is, is very diverse. I mean, it, it, it's a true solution. Somebody comes to us and asks us to provide them with a specific solution, a bespoke solution for their ship. We're able to do it through our system. Um, down to uh, one owner asking us once on his world tour that he wanted his curtains in his cabin to open at dawn wherever he was in the world and that was his alarm clock yeah so we fixed that we made that happen
0: for him Um, that means as well actually that requires extremely well knowledge about the technology part and also the transformation as you just mentioned into the new technology let's call it the new century that was a huge step that you had to follow up and obviously you became a market leader in terms of bringing in solutions for for the client's needs is that right so yeah it, yeah i'm still old school
2: though you know um i'm i i'm i i don't i don't struggle too much with my own communication issues but i i still like to keep things pretty basic so it's important that when you you have a vision as a person, you have a vision about uh, how you want to deal with the end user. How do you deal with that client? Mm-hmm. Um, are you able to say yes to just about everyone? Uh, and a lot of people fall short because they do say yes to everyone. There it becomes a time when you can't just say yes, you have to say uh, yes, but mm-hmm. there are ways, I mean, and, and for us to do that, it, it's all about a team it's all about the people behind, you know, behind the eight ball, behind behind me, the, the, the guys that work in the back office. The, um, I, I can't write a piece of code for, you know, my pin number for my ATM machine is the best, best code I know. And that's four digits. After that, I tend to lose on. So I can't do code or anything like that. Uh, but I have guys, you know, we found people over the years that are able to do that. I have guys who are, who know networking inside out, who I can say to them, uh, I'm that bridge, that, that gap between the client that actually doesn't really know what he wants. He just, he, he, he just, well, he knows exactly what he wants, but he has no way of putting that into the terminology of how to make it work. I'm the person between him and my guys who's speaking zeros and ones. Um, they don't have a real language they speak geek um, so that you know the, I, I i can get in between them and ask them and and, and and guide them as to what i need and how i need it done and therefore they produce the product
0: that goes to the end guy and i sit in the middle yeah. so how, how important then in terms of what you just mentioned is communication in between the people because that requires that you have both views both side of views from the client side and also from the team side that is a little bit different you close the gap so uh, how do you keep up with the experience and the know-how into communication in in this regard
2: well so the community i mean obviously to the end user it's pretty simple it's pick a phone up zoom zoom has become the covid tool um so It's a matter, too, of interpreting the end user. So quite often with a boat, you're talking to a captain who actually isn't the end user. So he's interpreting what the owner wants. He's also putting his own piece in there. He's thinking about the crew. So they quite often have real... They know what they need to do to provide the service down there. They come to us, they'll ask me, how do we do that? Well, I understand how it works in the fields, but I don't know how to, to do the bit behind it. I don't know how to write the code to make that happen to do. Sure, I can go to the screens and I can push this and push that. And, mm. you know, but I, I don't know how to set, do that. So it's a matter of, it's a matter of being able to um, understand what the end user wants yeah. And sometimes you've got to interpret that, so it's 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 sometimes very hard to get it exactly right first time round. And then, you know, with our solutions, what we're able to do is we, we, we can spend up to we can spend up to a week more sometimes doing the initial setup of a system on a boat. Um, so, so behind me, this 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 crew, mini cruise ship in the picture behind me, um, it's one of three almost sister ships, and yeah. they all do just about the same thing they all go off down to uh, the Southern Ocean and up to Antarctica and, and things in, in the various months. Uh, they, you, you'd think that each ship being a sister ship, almost a sister ship would have exactly the same solution. i well, they don't. You know, somewhere down the track there's a little bit, there are nuances in the way that the boats run. So we had to develop solutions for each of the ships, manage the needs of 300 passengers and 60 crew, with a very limited network and bandwidth available um that was available on board them so it, it it it's it's learning learning how to to do the communication in either direction so you've you know there's politics involved as well of course you know and perhaps there's a few white lies here and there <laughs> uh small uh small and and if anybody in this industry tells me that they don't do it then that's a big lie. That's a black lie, not a white <laughs> one. We, we all tell little porkies here and there uh, every now and again. It's, it's the way of life. It's, you can't, you know, they're not major. They're just, yeah, we can't. We, there are statistics. There are mathematical solutions. You cannot have 350 people on three megabits of data and provide a perfect service to everybody. It doesn't work. Mathematically, it just can't. But in practice, you can sometimes make it work.
0: Yeah. That's okay. So it used to work. Pretty easy to to find, by the end, from for, from your side at least, a solution. But now you were talking about three hundred people on a boat, which that's that's not a super yacht, that's a cruising boat. and That's a small cruise ship. Yeah. For a small cruise ship. Yeah. Yeah. And is is there a difference for you now in in your work, in your job, or in your procedure, if there? Is the question what is the difference between working for or on a cruising boat or on a super yacht are there major differences or are just minor difference in essence nowadays the, the difference is
2: um you know on a yacht you're usually dealing with for 80 percent of the time you're dealing with just the crew uh, and mm. and then you know 20 percent of the time you've got the owner on board uh, or a principal or a charter guest or somebody um, who decides that they're more important than the crew, the captain, and everybody else. Uh, so on a, on a cruise ship, for instance, you're dealing with uh, a changing role of principals. So you're changing, you've got 300 principals, <laughs> if you like, <laughs> and they're changing out every two weeks. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's a lot harder to deal with that sort of scenario than it is to deal with just a single yacht um, but some, you know, too, once the principle of a yacht is on board, the demands are excessive. I mean, they are, you know, if you make a mistake with them, you've made a mistake. If you've made a mistake with 300 people, they've got off the boat and the new 300 get on it in two weeks time, um, you do it with a principle of a vessel. Um, uh, it can be terminal for you, <laughs> at, you know, when okay. you make that mistake. So you, you actually, you, yeah, it, it is a different scenario um in, in everything that we do and we were you know we were not just this morning i was talking to some people about uh, um the the ultra guard part of our business the anti-fouling part of our business and you know it, we have been we've a lot of the testing and early stuff that we're doing with this has been towards the commercial side of it um so a lot of the Examples that we have are commercial ships, you know, ferries and 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 of course, you know, you take a photo of that and you send it to the engineer of a yacht. He's going to go, holy heck, what? You know, I can't have that in my engine room because his engine room is bright white, sparkly, sparkly white, and everything else. And of course, uh, if the engineer is from a commercial background, yes, he understands it because he's seen it in the past. If the engineers come through the train and he's only ever worked on yachts, which are, quite a few of them have. You know they'd nearly die they wouldn't they because they're room you can eat off the floor uh, mm-hmm. and of course we're trying to prove a principle on that as opposed to the final item and, and of course once we've done the installation and finished it then we do finish up and do the right painting and finish you know give it a, a standard um i think one of the beautiful things about what i do to make money is i i, I don't look at what i do as a job mm-hmm. I don't have a job. People say to me, What do you do for a living or for a job? I, I don't have a job. I have a lifestyle. My lifestyle affords me the ability to travel around the world and make money and and live the way that I want to live. And it
0: yeah, I'm I'm maybe uh, maybe we should talk another time about that part. <laughs> Not yeah, having a job, but having a lifestyle. It
2: it's yeah, I and you know, um, my lifestyle is different. I mean, I'm. I went. To, I. I was. I was born a ten pound eight ounce baby boy, and I now live as a woman. You try doing that in this commercial shipping industry. You know, there's there's another story there it, it, completely. Um, you know, the the mar- maritime industry in general is a is a very male dominated industry, and yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, there's some very strong females coming through in it. But, you know, there's there's not many of me. Um, and I've, you know, it. And you stand up to it. Nowadays, I don't even think twice about it. It is what
0: it is. You know, people see me and, and my awesome. deep voice. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's also... I think that's a very, very important message to the world anyway. To not only about acceptance, but also to... look at what is really the value that somebody brings in and that leads me now to the very important question i mean you have competitors i don't know how many not too many most probably but you do have competitors now what is the difference or what makes it that people should come to you as clients what 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 is the why why should i go with you as a customer and not with somebody else Mm
1: Discovering new and extremely remote places on this earth pushes men and technology to the limit. Communications on board and with the rest of the world from very remote places was a huge issue.
2: A lot of the deepest parts of the ocean are in very remote areas um, that are not close to any shoreside
1: support. Yacht Projects International and Procom 365 were chosen to design, install, commission and support this venture
2: I own Yacht Projects International and ProCom 365. Yacht Projects is aimed at the yachting market and ProCom is aimed at the commercial shipping. The intricacies of running four different businesses off the boat to projects such as this
1: that make a huge impact. Despite the incredible complexity, diverse requirements and global reach of the project, Yacht Projects International, ProCom 365 and their partners provided reliable, consistent communication Supporting a venture that pushed the limits of marine technology. If you need good communications in any marine environment, you need Yacht Projects International, Procom 365 and their partners.
2: It's simple, really. It's very, very simple. Please go to everybody else. Go to all my competitors. Go to all of them ask them for what they can give you and then come and give us a chance to, to um, tell you what we can do for you, for, for you that, that's um, the same end service, if not better, um, and for a different cost. It, it it's highly important that that competition exists in the marketplace. Um, and yes, we do have some competitors, some we work with, some we don't work with. Um, I I quite openly work with competitors because there are we're we're not the we're not everything in the marketplace. We're, you know you can't be. Um, we all we all need to know where our strong points are, and we all need to know where our failures are. And, and a failure is a point where you need to ask for help, and and therefore you ask the next best person to do that uh, is your competitor. If, as long as they're supplying something that you're not, then yeah. But it's also very important for the end user, the person at the end of the of the road, to to compare apples for apples. Uh, you know, it's the oldest saying in the book. You know, don't go don't go down and down to the store and and see an apple for a dollar and and then buy a banana for eighty cents and think you got a better deal on an apple because you didn't. You know, you bought a banana. Um, so yeah, I, and and again. In the communication side of this business, it is so diverse. There are so many options. Every single scenario that comes in the door for me, I've got two or three or four options that they can go for. And inside of each of those options, there is an infinite selection of costs for bandwidth for where you're going to be in the world, what, you know, it's it's infinite. And it's
0: so hard to get an apples for apples. Yeah. Um, isn't it also that in the special in this field that you work that sometimes there are questions comes up and then you need also some support some help whatever it is whether it's technical wise or otherwise and now in this regard what do you think coaching is that something which is of importance in your particular niche of the industry when you say coaching in terms of what in terms of either way communication in sales or internal communication or in the structure of the business in the development of the business so whatever issues or challenges a company or a company would face so that's if there is a need or let's say it would make sense to have a coach that guides you or supports you in your decision making
2: sure Um, right so about six months ago, I made a very, very conscious decision that that the guerrilla tactics for marketing that uh, a lot of people use, I I don't like them being thrown at me. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I sort of sat down and thought, is that what I'm doing to other people? So, and perhaps we do on some in some places. Perhaps we do. So, for for me. I made this conscious decision to become a person that tries to educate people more in what is available and so coaching yes but i'd like to do it through education is to you know i have many years of experience in everything that we've done many many years of experience so both in life both in work both in you know i've been married five times i've got seven kids so there's there's uh there's there's a, a a huge amount of um information stored that needs to be uh able to be given to other people or shown to other people so i have made this conscious decision to try and educate people in the fields that we specifically work in um and i i, I you know i've taken on several mentorship mentorships with with uh various um, associations. I'm a, a member of a, a, a maritime association called the Honourable Company of Master Mariners in in the UK. It's a ancient tradition um, which comes back from medieval times, um, and uh, so part of that organisation and part of what I'm doing within that organisation is is mentoring people who are looking at going to sea in the first instance, um, and why why is there a choice to go to sea and you know how much has the ocean changed working on the ocean changed since i went to sea i mean you know we're talking about autonomous ships now we're talking about ships that run around the world with nobody on them um oh my goodness uh i can think of sometimes back in the in my times at sea when we had 30 people on the ship and the ship still had its own life because most of us were in the bar no we shouldn't say that (laughs) Um you know and I think you, you we make light of things like that, but it those that stuff happened um and it's different today you know the 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 rules and uh health and safety and and that sort of stuff have changed what what we we see today so differently from what I went to see originally uh, and I don't want to sound like the dinosaur as you put it earlier you know on, I mean. You know, we've we've I've grown with it. I, I've changed my way I think about uh, about the job of mm-hmm. being at sea. Um, as I say, I I chose to come ashore and and have a lifestyle as opposed to um, as opposed to a job per se. But uh, education is is as opposed to coaching. Education is 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 by far more important than. And I think if you educate people
0: correctly, you'll win their business. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, and and you have so much to give. I mean, this knowledge, I don't know if you have written a book already. Maybe you should once if you haven't written a book. But if you're not the
2: first person to ever said that, and yes, (laughs) I have started it. And yes, I get to various points of that book. And I, oh, gosh, it falls apart. And I go away and I. um, Oh. much as it might s- uh, sound funny i'm i'm not a very good self-motivator <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i think if it comes to a book there are many people have the same issue that they really don't like to to make a book even though they have the old information they would like to have a book but not writing it but there are solutions yeah. anyway but in terms of, of giving value i mean with your experiences now for people who are either way new in the business, not too long, or if you want, want to change into this particular yachting business, perhaps in this time that we have now, which is pretty challenging for a lot, what will be your advice to make us the first few steps to make it correct?
2: I, th- I think, um, and this is you, what you've hit on is really prevalent at the moment, especially with Facebook and social media and LinkedIn and and you know the cruise industry where it is at the moment for instance, with COVID, you know, every ship's in a cold layup at the moment. Um, there's a lot of commercial shipping guys looking for work in the yachting industry. And in fairness, I mean, I had a guy this morning on LinkedIn sent me a, you know, how do I, I I'm a HVAC, you know, an air conditioning engineer on a cruise ship and I want to get into yachting yachting. Um, my, you know, I think he, he, in the brief to and fro that we had on, on email this morning, uh, he, uh, I think he thought that he was going to that the the yachting industry is like the cruise industry that it has specific tasks for an HVAC engineer. Well, you know, maybe one or two boats out there may have an engineer who has a uh, uh, as a as a, uh, a really strong standing in HVAC stuff, but it's not like that in the. End. So I think importantly for for someone in the cruise industry looking at yachts at the moment. Before you blunder in and just say the wrong thing, spend some time uh, really researching what goes on in yachts. Um, don't don't take what you may have possibly seen on television with certain TV programmes about the yachting industry um, as um, gospel truth. It's it may have a may have some <laughs> of those little white lies we were talking about earlier. It may have some of that in it. Um, <laughs> There's some truth in it, but uh, and I, I happen to personally know both the captains that do that show very well. So um, yeah, this is some truth in it, but yeah. Anyway, so so somebody coming into the industry and, and not necessarily from the cruise side of it, you know, a, a greenhorn coming in, uh, who's been in ho- hotel industry, a stewardess that wants to come in and she, you know, there's coursework, there's, you, you're working in a new environment and go back to what I was saying earlier about how, health and safety and rules and regulations have changed the maritime industry. You now need, you need a qualification to step on the boat. You need to understand basic safety, basic training. Uh, uh, you know, you, SDCW is, a, is a, a course you have to do to, to understand uh, what happens when it all goes wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not like in a hotel where you'd run downstairs and walk out into the street and wait for the fire brigade to turn up and put the fire out, you know. In a boat, when you get a fire at sea, you need to know how to fight it. You need to have... There's, there is so much that is different, you know, there's... Uh,
0: um, it, became, it became actually harder to, to get into this business because their require, the, the requirements are much higher than it used to be before. Oh, absolutely.
2: I mean, even 20 years ago, you know, there were. In 20 years ago, you could walk down the dock... You know, I'm looking for some work on a boat. Yeah, come on, come to come to the Caribbean with us from France, and and you know, you get to the Caribbean. You've been six weeks on a boat, and the next thing you know is you're oh, I'm going I'm a deckhand, and, and and you know, and three years later you've got a three years of deckhand on the boat. You know, oh, I'll, I'll go and get my license, and I'll become a boatswain, and you know, uh, four or five years later, if you do the right things, you you were you were a. Yeah, captain, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't happen like that anymore. <laughs> you know, it's actually now, it's now the other way around. If I, I have, a friend of mine was asking me to help him find some decans for a, a really interesting project that, that mm-hmm. they've got going on. And he said, did I know anybody? So I asked a couple of questions. And I had a cruise ship uh, first officer who can't get a job send his CV to us saying that he was prepared to get into the industry, to go back into the yachting world, uh, expedition-style yacht this was, my right, as a Um So, yeah, it, it's, the whole thing has changed. Um, so, in essence, back to the question is, is it really and truly to, to come at this industry from, from something that you've, that is, you know, a, a totally diverse mm-hmm. background educate okay. yourself on educate yourself on
0: the requirements first the legal requirements first so uh, there we are again on the on the education that you have mentioned which is very important especially in this niche that that you know what you're talking about and that you have not only the certificates but also to the knowledge of the latest technology nowadays which is a requirement obviously in the yachting industry but now to come back shortly. Now to your business. I mean, you are diversified not only into the communication, but also you mentioned something like anti fouling. What does has this to do with the communications? Nothing. <laughs> and that um, makes it interesting because you are so broad now. Uh, how how does that happen?
2: Well, I'm an engineer. Um, you know my I have a mind that is always looking at new things. I, I it, um, in the marketplace, so in the in the maritime industry, you know, we all talk. And I, I'm an engineer, so the 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 people that I talk to are always coming and saying, "Well, you know, what about this and what about that?" And yeah, comms is one of those things. So you know, the rules and regulations for toilet discharge. Um, that that sort of comes up and that, how do we work with that? And that's our head to toilet systems that we do. Um, how do we manufacture water at sea? That's our you know, that's our our, our water maker side of it. And then, you know, the, from the anti-fouling side of it. So the rules for anti for, for anti-fouling paint, and you you, you know, to somebody who doesn't understand this, you're gonna say, well, what rules? You know, you put paint on the bottom of the boat and then it stops. Stuff growing well, you know. All those paints, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, were poisonous. They're copper based. They they're, they they carry um, uh, algicides in them and things to stop stuff growing. And the 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 word is ablative. So there, it's a it's a coat of paint that you put on, and as the ship through moves through the water, it strips the layer, the micro layers of this paint off, and of course, anything attached to it falls off into the ocean. So you, Basically, all these ships, these millions of, or hundreds of thousands of ships running around the ocean, are putting nasty things into the water. Yeah. So, um, so over the years, there's been um, over the years, there's been several methods employed to stop growth occurring on the bottom of ships. Um, they use impressed currents, electrical currents. They use anodes for that sort of stuff. Uh, and again, for those anodes to generate over time, so you're putting copper into the water. Um, the the uh, the situation that uh, we re- we found ourselves in a while ago was um, that. But I'm looking always looking to protect oceans as well. So mm-hmm. we're always looking for the environmental things. I- Am I? In a, w- will I go and stand in front of a building with a flag wave and a flag around Greenpeace saying, no, I'm not that sort of, I don't hug trees. and I'm not quite that level of it. But I do have a, you know, the ocean gave me my living for 50 years. Um, uh, and we need to protect it. And I, I truly believe that. Um, and so when, when the opportunity came along to, to have a service to provide an anti-fouling system that didn't do any damage to the environment, um, I jumped on it. And I thought, you know, this is really where it is. This is worth putting, well, in the first instance, it's worth putting 20 minutes of my life into listening listen to the guy. Yeah. And then as the 20 minutes came on, that 20 minutes turned into an hour, turned into three, turned into half a day. And then it turned into like three or four days later, talking to him again for a couple of days. And, and, and now it, it's become, it, it, you know, one, it's commercially viable. For, mm-hmm. it's good it's good income for me it's commercially inviolable for the end user it's and it's uh, it's absolutely perfect for the environment yeah
0: you know, three three positives you've you've got a,
1: well, a solution
0: that... that is that is a lot that. but also it shows me absolutely clearly that there is not only an engineer in your brain there is an entrepreneur and is it correct when i say Motivation to get up every morning. Even I mean, you don't. I think you don't have to work if you don't want to. But it is, isn't it, that also that you are driven by a purpose, by the why, and by just being in the lifestyle, by doing what you do. So
2: I, I said earlier, I'm not self motivated, and I'm not. You should see me at six o'clock in the morning when the alarm goes off, <laughs> um, and. I travel insanely, and, and even in COVID, I've been traveling insanely. So my body clock is completely screwed up. Um, I, I, you know, uh, and I deal with time change quite well. My body does uh, for a sixty-plus something person. Um, so uh, the 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 motivation for doing things like exercise and and writing a book is, but my 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 so. Sort of Want of knowledge, if you want that that idea that there's something else around the corner. Uh, and yeah, uh, you know, as 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 growing up, I I invented some things and I have I had patents and I invented an oil cooling uh, an oil filtration system um, when I lived in Australia and we patented it and you know I, I sold it for fifty three thousand um, dollars to an oil company. It's a crazy idea. Um, but you know, 50 grand bought me a house in those days. Today it's on the majority of engines that you see running around the world. And if I'd have had a dollar for every one of those, yeah, I'd be, I certainly wouldn't want him to get out of bed and go to work. Although I I probably would because my mind says I have to do that. I, I've got to, yeah, I, there's always something new. And I, I, I truly and honestly believe that I can get up every morning and
0: learn something every day. Um, I think that's a very important part in life actually for, of an entrepreneurship that keeps you, keeps you running and keeps you doing something. Also having the curiosity on what is coming next or what can I do better, faster, more efficient for the environment, for the economy, for itself. I think that's a very, very crucial part in life of many entrepreneurs that I know. And as I can say now when talking with you, You are obviously, brain-wise, you are not in the 60s. You are somewhere far below because you know so much more than a lot of people that I know in my age, and even younger than I am. So there is a lot to learn from you. But now, what I want to have also, because we're coming now slowly to an end, time-wise as well, I I could talk hours with you, days most probably, even more. But we have to end it up (laughs) now, surely. But now to to have a little bit more about your company, how can people reach out on you? How can they find your services? Uh, Pretty easy, really. Um, LinkedIn is
2: Pippa Nicholas. Um, Facebook is Pippa Nicholas. Um, uh, Much as there is so much negativity on Facebook, I really find it a great tool. Um, uh, I love it but it, it, I'm able to, to communicate with people on it um, and without having to write emails to everybody. Everybody sees what we do, and some of it's tongue-in-cheek. I mean, some of, some of what I do is... There's, there's an aspect of sarcasm to a lot of what I do. That's old British humour. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, so the company is Yacht Projects International. Uh, we're, uh, you can find us just about anywhere, hashtags on those sort of things. Um, the website is uh, yachtprojects.net. Do not put .com, otherwise it goes to one of our competitors, who is a very good friend of mine. <laughs> uh, and actual fact, I, I I've been trying to get the .com off him for years, but um, he doesn't use it. So um, anyway, long yeah. on the short, of it. I haven't got it. It is yachtprojects.net uh our communications our commercial shipping communications is uh, is a company called procom 365 professional communications 365 days of the year. Is where that came from and that is a dot com company so procom 365.com yachtprojects.net um phone numbers are there whatsapp's there it's all all there um please reach out uh, um we can answer questions, and if I can't answer the questions, I can certainly find somebody that I know that can, for whatever you need. It's um, pretty simple.
0: Okay, very good. Now, for the listeners as well, you have heard now how you can reach Pippa Nicholas, and not only that one, but you will find here in within this talk as well, some links. <laughs> Don't miss her. <laughs> Humor is a very important Part as well in life and in business but however the the contact details you'll find here I will put them everywhere within this time of this half an hour 40 minute so that also all the companies are discoverable for you as a listener and uh, also of course for, uh, for the viewers of this video and if you want to reach out in communications for yachtings for commercial boats but also for super yachts, so luxury yachts, or anti-fouling, or whatever it is in disregard of yachts, there is the right person, personality, a very sp- per, a special personality. And you will have not only the experience of some years, no, you have experiences of 50 plus years. So there is nothing better than Pippa Nicolas if he comes to a business with communications on the yachts, anti-fouling, or other issues that has to do with the knowledge of an, of, of an engineer. And this background, nobody can take it away, but you can take away a lot of value for you. And now, Pippa, what is the last thing, advice that you would give to the listeners and the viewers of our amazing interview? fun, And as of
2: as a real old gentleman in England who, who died recently, um, who reached out to the world's hearts,
0: tomorrow will be a better day. That is a quote that really everybody can use right? and everybody needs. And it was an honor to me with you people to have this amazing interview. I'm really blessed to have you had in this show, Walter. Schmid Show. I'm looking forward that this hasn't been the last time so I'm hoping we're catching up another time and there you are. Thank you very much. Thank we you very stay much. Care. Stay safe. Be careful. Don't work. Have a lifestyle like she does Pippa Nicholas. Walter Schmid Have a good day. Bye-bye.